Do the Arizona Cardinals need to extend Kyler Murray before the start of the 2022 season? What are the lingering positive effects from the 2021 season that truly resonate? And our boy Cam Cox from 12 News here in Phoenix is going to join us in the final segment. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. Let's go! Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, giddy up. Alex Clancy, Bobrock, Locked On Cardinals. Follow him at Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you to everybody who subscribes, comments, likes. You know, everything. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, etc. We truly appreciate everybody that's along this ride for us. If you want to leave us a review, cool. If you're not a Baltimore Ravens fan who's scorned or, you know, a Rams fan who's scorned, feel free. Leave a review for your favorite podcast. Uh, we got a jam-packed show today, Wednesday here or Thursday here. Um. Should Kyler Murray be extended before the 2022 season starts? Uh, would put them in salary cap hell-ish, but for unified unified front purposes, is it necessary? What are some positive things that we remember from the 2021 season that doesn't have to do solely with their final record? Cam Cox from 12 News here in Phoenix, Tegna partner, is going to join us in the third segment. We always um, have fun when Oh, Cammy Boyd joins us. So we're having a jam-packed show today. I put out on Twitter yesterday, the Arizona Cardinals need to extend Kyler Murray immediately. Unified front moving forward. Now, this, this tweet specifically showed the 50-50 split on Kyler Murray. <laughs> like The dude takes some pictures off this Instagram wall, and everybody is out on Kyler Murray. Like It's the funniest thing. And sure, maybe because we're closer to it, Mm-hmm. We are inherently thinking, why in sweet mother of anything would you want to, first of all, trade him? And mm-hmm. second of all, if you're going to extend him at some point, just do it now. What are you waiting for? Bo, do you agree, disagree, or is the jury still out on if they should specifically extend Kyler Murray before the next season starts? They don't need to. Um, right. You know, sure. I don't and see- it's true. Yeah. They don't need to yet. They don't need to, and and uh, but the but what's going to be important this offseason is catering to Kyler Murray, and a lot of people they get up in arms about that. You know, they want Kyler Murray to uh, overnight mature into this adult, this and, and make these manly decisions and have these tough conversations and become this leader. Which look, it's it's important. It's going to be important when when you see uh, the quarterbacks that have led their their teams to success. That's a big part of it. Leadership is a huge part of the position. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but Kyler Murray has shown the other intangibles that you want from a franchise quarterback uh, that some people don't even have the chance of having that aren't gifted with that Kyler Murray has. Kyler Murray is a slam dunk extension. Like, there's no doubt about it. You know, you know, Alex, you know, getting ahead of it and saying, why, well, let's do it and be this unified front. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. If they do that, you know, we're going to have a podcast where we're going to celebrate that. And it was a good move by the Arizona Cardinals, unless, you know, they just completely, they give them like 60 million in a season or something stupid. And they negotiate against themselves because they were scared about what's already transpired this off season. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the extension is going to happen. I feel like it's inevitable. Uh, the, the biggest thing is the Arizona Cardinals have to figure out how they can be successful where their teams weren't. Like even Sean McVay uh, couldn't tutor a quarterback, uh, you know, beyond a certain ceiling, a glass ceiling in Jared Goff. He hit that ceiling and he had to get him out of town post-extension. Carson Wentz was run out of Philly after an extension. You know, there there are, you know, horse stories surrounding these quarterbacks on their second deals. Arizona have, Cardinals need to avoid that. And if they don't, Alex, if they don't extend them this offseason, if they try to just play this thing out like Lamar Jackson's doing in, in Baltimore or the Ravens are doing in Baltimore, they still have to keep him happy. And the way they do that is that they surround him with the talent, especially on the offensive side of the football, they're going to make him very happy uh, as far as going forward being an Arizona Cardinal, that he's going to be, that they are, they're, they're buying in on the Kyler Murray and they want him to be as successful as possible. Yeah. And, and the thing is the reason why I'm saying extend him early. Sure. Again, cap hell, because it's, it, it, it's not, it's a little more of a rudimentary approach and I don't trust Michael Bidwell and Steve Keim to massage this in the proper way to where at the end of next season that they're going to extend them. Like, I just don't, I feel like if they don't do it sooner, that, that the conversation is going to be, well, do you franchise tag them or do you give them an extension now? Like, I feel like we've seen enough. And I can't believe I'm saying this, that we've seen enough from Kyler Murray to where he deserves the extension immediately. So if you're going to do it at the end of next season, do it now. Yeah. That way, that's one less thing that you have to worry about. You check your boxes. All the free agents know Kyler Murray's going to be here. Like I, I don't, I understand that there's salary cap ramifications, but let me tell you what: draft better. You have cheaper players, and you're able to maneuver around this a little bit. Well, okay, yeah, that's that's easier said than done. Why do you keep saying that they'd be in cap hell if they if they pulled the trigger on an extension now? Well, there was um, a certain writer from Cardswire who continues to quote tweet my, my my tweets telling me about the salary cap ramifications for extending him now where the signing bonus would show up on this year's cap and it would have less money for other players to sign. Okay, there's a lot of free agents that wow. are going to be exiting the Arizona Cardinals. What we saw yesterday, what we talked about yesterday, yesterday's podcast, was a handful of Rams players. They're going to take up a large chunk of um, of the Rams salary cap for next season. What I saw after we posted that podcast was a tweet about how with restructuring, all of that money would be available. Right. So go ahead. What how come they couldn't just pull what they what the Chiefs did with Mahomes? I mean, Mahomes in 2020, he had a cap hit of just over five million dollars. That was able to sign Chris Jones, that was able to sign Travis Kelsey because of that. And then this so, past season, he just had a cap hit over seven, just under seven and a half million this upcoming seasons where yeah. things really kind of get dicey as far as the chiefs and what they're going to have to maneuver is right. Cap. What's why can't the Cardinals not ju just, I mean, they wouldn't be completely ripping up his rookie deal, but they would be locking in for the, for the future with Kyler Murray. Right. And I think that that point itself is the most important thing for the Cardinals to do this off season. Yeah. You know, like the, the argument about, Oh, you know what? Well, if you don't do that now with Kyler Murray, you can add more pieces around him. Again, they've got six or seven draft picks. Okay, this doesn't have to be, let's see who's a free agent and who we're going to have to outbid other teams for their services. Kyler Murray is the reason for the success of the Arizona Cardinals. Okay? So you need to lock up the reason why the Arizona Cardinals, at least early on this year, got the 10 wins out of their first 12 weeks.
Okay. I don't understand the vitriol. I don't understand the poignant contempt for Kyler Murray after, like, I don't get it. Sure, he's not perfect. Sure, he's got room to grow. Also, give him all the money that he deserves. Alex Nancy Bulbrock, Locked On Cardinals. Coming up next, we've talked less positively about the Cardinals, let's say, since after their bye week, okay? Because we take information, we synthesize it, and we give you our opinions as media members covering the Arizona Cardinals. There are some positive things we think that we remember from the 2021 season. We'll discuss those next Football might be over the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Follow him at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Um, thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Cam Cox from 12 News is going to join us next. The Arizona Cardinals started 7-0. I don't know if you remember this. Started 7-0. <laughs> they started 10-2. and And then they were unable to clinch a playoff spot on their own. So let's call this a roller coaster of what the hell happened from September through January. Can okay. I just say that they would have clinched a spot on their own if they, I mean, it was already clinched, but they beat Dallas. That would have clinched it. If, if Sure. But, but did they clinch it on their own? I, I guess not at the time when they clinched, it was because the Vikings lost to the Rams. They had a handful yeah. of weeks to clinch on their own. Mm -hmm. They couldn't Sean McVay right. had to do it for them. So that, okay. that's just a true statement. Sure. If we're going to split hairs, whatever, but, I mean, they would have. They would have clinched. But they did. Cool. Now, if they wouldn't have clinched before playing Dallas, who knows if they would have beat Dallas. Right. Okay? So we can say, that, okay. I mean, are we really going to do this? If you're, if my I name was Alex, if my name was Bob Rock, I just want to put all the signature would be different. I just want to put all the, the information out there and people can buy into what which way they want to buy into. It's fine. My statement is correct, though. They did not clinch a playoff spot on their own. Okay. It's just, are we going to, how many more minutes do we want to talk about this? I'm there's just, a lot of, I'm agreeing with you. There's a, I'm not used to it. And I just, I just, I just defend myself, uh, uh, you know, because it's, you know, it's, it's human nature. So mm -hmm. a lot of positives to start last year for the first two thirds of the season. Not so mm -hmm. much down the stretch. Positives that resonate from last year to this year. What, what are a couple that, that come to mind? Uh, the success within the division, the team goes, uh, what, what do they go? Four and two in the division. Um, I think that that's something that you should be excited about after a couple of just brutal years where the Arizona Cardinals just couldn't win games against teams that uh, either it was the Niners in 2018 and they, they seem to win like split with the Seahawks every other year. But still, you know, I think four and two in the NFC West is something to be proud of. Uh, as far as like, I think offensively still, despite the end of the year slump and you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that finished strong compared to how the team started. But when you look at the team, as far as they were a top five team on third down conversions, like they were top five offense, as far as that went red zone, they improved 
time of possession, they were the seventh ranked team in, in the NFL. And those are things that the Cardinals under Cliff Kingsbury had struggled with. Um, so I think that those steps in the right direction. And then, of course, uh, eighth overall pick from 2020, Isaiah Simmons. I think he showed that he has the, the ability to be a, a star linebacker in this league. He showed flashes, not enough consistency yet. But uh, you have to be excited from the overall resume of Isaiah Simmons in the 2021 season. I can appreciate that. Uh, Byron Murphy shows that he's a CB1 light. Uh, he's not a lockdown corner. Okay, he's not. He showed early. I think that if you can get a running mate for him, we talked about JC Jackson. Is uh, who who is the report that had the Cardinals as the nah, best? It was, um, it was yeah, it was just the best fit from ESPN.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah, ESPN. Okay, yeah. So like, if you can get him a running mate then you really have something cooking. I mean, Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, you know, solidifying their status in the NFL uh, as safety duos. Um, I think the thing that resonates to me the most is the ability within Cliff Kingsbury's offense to highlight a dual threat running back. And we saw that with James James Conner. That was the steal of the offseason. That was the Kelvin Beecham signing from a couple of years ago where it was the money to performance um, translation. And, I mean, James Conner, 1.2, 1.3, what they gave him. Um, we saw that screen game, getting a running back in an open field, works with this offense. And I think that'll help in the draft. I think that'll help with gadget guys like Rondo Moore, potentially, with what we've seen with Debo Samuel, like... You need a guy that can run running back routes mm -hmm. on pass plays, and it works in this offense, and it, it worked tried and true. James Conner was the most important offensive player, not named Kyler Murray, you know, mm -hmm. skill position player throughout the entirety of this season. You know, a lot of his touchdowns were inside the five-yard line, but he got in when Kenny and Drake couldn't, you know, and I think that if the price is right, James Conner is a must-resign, is a must-resign. It's a draft of running back, re-sign James Conner over Chase Edmonds, in my opinion. I know James Conner's yeah. a couple years older, but like what James Conner can do across the spectrum, he's got a lot more B and B minus grades across the spectrum than Chase Edmonds does. I think Chase yeah. Edmonds has a couple A minuses, but the other are behind James Conner in the pecking order. It's an interesting debate because, you know, there were probably people that were in the corner of bringing back Kenyon Drake because here's a guy that had double-digit touchdowns, and you're like, well, who could do it better? And they found a guy that could do it better, James Conner. Yeah. And I think that people can still make the argument, like, James Conner's season was, spe was spectacular. I mean, what a signing. No doubt about it. Nobody's going to say he wasn't just one of the best signings of the offseason. But there are more complete backs that I think could have – you know, pretty comparable success put in the same positions of James Conner that where I wouldn't, especially at that position, you could probably find somebody that would be just as, as good, if not better. But somebody that doesn't know the system, somebody that isn't already ingrained and ingratiated himself into this organization. Like yeah. he was, I mean, he was one of the more loved guys. I mean, you know, cancer survivor, he's a, he's an absolute bruiser and the injury thing, everybody gets injured. All the running yeah, backs but, now get injured. And yeah, what, listen, what we saw from James Conner was when Chase Edmonds was taking some of the load and when they weren't completely relying on him to move the ball down the field, he was fine. And we knew this. We prefaced pretty much every time we talked about James Conner was unless he starts getting 30 touches a game or 25 touches a game because they need him to produce to move the ball down the field, it's going to work. 
and he's going to be fine because what happened in Pittsburgh was he touched the ball 40 times a game. You're going to get injured. He got yeah. Arian Foster. He got Christian McCaffrey. He got Derek Henry. Well, the biggest problem is he's not an every down back. I mean, that's just what you outline, and you can't pay him as such either. Like that, right. that's the no thing. agreed. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I mean, if if you want to bring him back for a two year, ten mil with eight guaranteed, something like that, I'm happily giving him that. And it's yeah. it's for services rendered as a much as, as much as it is for the future. Like they get him for a million and a half, and sure, great, they took a chance. Somebody's going to offer him more money, and he's probably going to go somewhere else which is unfortunate because that puts another gaping hole in this offense. The The offense isn't supposed to be relied upon a running back. It's not. It's supposed to be Kyler Murray, wide receivers, then running back, or a good 50-50 balance. What we saw this year was it went as James Conner went. And, the, I mean, it's not an absolute statement, but it's set up by the run the offense was set up by the run. And I feel like even though you want to be able to run the ball effectively to churn clock and to keep your offense on the field, it shouldn't be the only institution on offense that's going to be stable in, in week in and week out. And that's what we saw, at least towards the tail end. That's what we saw. Um, Alex Clancy, Bullbrock, Locked on Cardinals. Um, Cam Cox is going to join us uh, in just a moment uh, from 12 News. So anything else? I mean, I, I feel like, and you've got to, I mean, I've got to give Cliff some credit here. First half of the season, the play calling was good. The second half of the season, it wasn't. Yeah, And that's I not mean, a blanket statement, but once pressure starts to mount, we yeah. saw his inability to call plays that would lead to sustained drives. Sure, that's on Kyler. Sure, that's on the players as well. But if you're going to give Cliff Kingsbury credit when things are going well, you need to give him flack for when things are not. And you hope that with the acquisition of Zach Ertz, that the team finally realizes that they need a playmaking tight end going forward. Like, no longer are they going to ignore this position. No longer are they going to go to Walmart and go to the bargain bin section of DVDs and and just try to get those guys and 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 put them, you know, in their main collection. It doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. Like, go out there and get you know, either re-sign Zach Ertz, who had the best tight end season in 10 games since the Arizona Cardinals, or since the Cardinals moved to the desert, or, you know, draft one, or find another guy via, via free agency or draft, or, or yeah. trade, you know. No, I agreed. I mean, I, and I think that with, with Zach Ertz specifically, he was hurt very much by DeAndre Hopkins not being on the field, because his job was supposed to keep the middle of the defense honest when you have your two bookends with AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins on the outside. Now, every like I, I get I get that the DeAndre Hopkins thing was on the field for the, for the majority of the second half of the season. Understood. It's mm. going to take a step back offensively. The offense didn't look spectacular with him on it. And that's the thing that mm. is kind of something it, it was better obviously. The it, the I mean, red zone was great. 30 points game. I understand and we're not going to go back to I'm still, it doesn't give anybody, them a, look. It doesn't give them a hall pass for how things finished. They they're not exempt because Hop wasn't on the field, but right. it was a significant blow to that offense for sure. It that. was, but if you look at that off, if you have that rostered offense without DeAndre Hopkins, there's still five or seven teams in the NFL that would trade a straight up in a heartbeat. Oof, so it's I'll not like the, the, I'll take that trade, <laughs> AJ Green and yeah, Alex Lancy Bellrock locked on Cardinals. Um, I hope I don't swear. I got yeah. six minutes. I got six minutes with this dude. And I hope I don't <laughs> swear. Uh, Alex Lancy, Bobrock, Locked on Cardinals. Cam Cox is on deck from 12 News. Coming up in just a minute. All right. 
Final segment, Locked On Cardinals. We we did a little positivity today. You know, positive things are important. We talked about last season positively. We talked about should the Cardinals extend Kyler Murray immediately to show a unified front. Um, let's bring on a dude who um, defends the front office of the Arizona Cardinals a little bit more than I do. Alex, Alex um, is not true. I just keep it real. I just keep it real. <laughs> so what, Cam? At Cam Cox 12. Let me introduce you. At Cam Cox 12 on Twitter. One of our favorites, man. 12 news here in the desert. Uh, taking yeah, the partnership. Alex, look ready. I'm, I'm ready <laughs> to go. Where are your I ties at, man? It's it. the offseason. No ties. Um, so let's just jump in here. There's been sure. a slew of conversations that Bo and I have had since the regular season started that you and Lena Washington, et cetera, at 12 news have had. Blame pie. Let's put that one to the side. Okay. Mm. Moving forward, what needs to happen? Who needs to step up the most? Cliff Kime or uh or Kyler Murray to get this ship righted the fastest? That's an interesting question because I put the blame on everybody, all three of those guys. And you might say that's a cop out. But it's, it's the reality of the situation that the Cardinals are in. Bottom line of all this drama with Kyler Murray, he has to step up and grow up and be a better leader. Plain and simple. It's the worst kept secret in Arizona about Kyler's leadership behind the scenes, on the field, with this team. Everybody knows it here. It's just now coming to light nationally what we've known who cover this team day in and day out for years. Second, Cliff Kingsbury has got to hold him more accountable. I've heard it this week that, you know, you people blaming Cliff and the Cardinals for not bringing in a more experienced coach to deal with somebody like Kyler. That's a fair point to bring up. But the reality is they're rolling with Cliff. And so he has got to hold Kyler more accountable in situations that matter in front of the team. The report that he pulled himself out of the game, the final two snaps in that playoff game is unacceptable. Remember Phil Jackson with Scottie Pippen back in the day? Get on the podium and say you find him for doing that. If that story is true, um, those are, of course, allegations of, uh, that Kyler didn't finish the game. But if that story is true, Cliff can't let that fly whatsoever in that locker room. you got to come out and say we find him, blah, blah, blah. And it's something we're going to ask Cliff moving forward. And then Steve Kahn. Steve Kime has got to draft better. He's got to surround this team with better personnel. So if anybody has anything more to prove, I don't think it's anybody. I think all three of those guys are crucial in the success of this team next year and moving forward. It's very political, but I, I don't disagree with what you said. And I think that's kind of been the theme of our podcast ever since the season ended the way that it did. But yeah, this is this is an organizationally there are flaws at every single level, whether it's the with the, the decision makers, the, the the play callers, and then the guys out there on the field. Cam Cox, with it, you were out there in Los Angeles. You talked to Zach Ertz. You talked to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you've been in that locker room throughout the season and seasons before that. Uh, what what do you make of all this this Kyler Murray and all the reports that are coming out of how he you know conducts himself during halftime and his leadership skills or lack thereof, his maturity level? Where are you with all of this? It's it makes my head hurt to be honest. With you. Uh, the <laughs> halftime thing. I got aspirin here. We just, we just need that all season long, right? Give me Advil the size of a hockey puck. Um, the halftime thing, I have a hard time believing, guys. Yeah. I mean, I've been in locker rooms before. I, I couldn't – I mean, today's day and age, people on their phones all the time. Does somebody check Twitter whatever? Sure. Is it against NFL rules? Yes. I have a hard time imagining, given some of the veterans in that team, if he was making phone calls in the locker room, that somebody wouldn't come over and throw his phone out there to row seven in State Farm Stadium. So that I'm not sure of. 
Uh, it, but as far as some of his antics are concerned and, and being kind of by himself and, you know, a loner sometimes, I, I can definitely see that. And I've definitely heard uh, from some guys that sometimes that, that Kyler needs to be a better leader. I think that's that's very much given. Now, at times on the field, it's, it's something I love to watch when I'm on the field, how players interact with people. I think Kyler took a step this year as far as communicating with guys better, calling people out when things don't go right, going over to the offensive line. You know, those are things that I have video of on the sideline that they not necessarily know, show on the on the big screen and on whatever, on the national broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, there are plenty of times where I think Kyler needs to figure out a way to rally the troops better. It's so easy, guys, you know, to follow somebody when they're throwing touchdowns, running around, when they're 7-0. Everybody follows that guy, right? But when things aren't going well, how can he rally the truth? And we just haven't seen that yet out of Kyler Murray. He still has that to prove, as great as he is. Phenomenal athlete. One of the best quarterbacks the Cardinals have ever drafted in their history. The numbers say it all. But he has yet to prove if he can be that leader that can get this team to where it needs to go. Yeah, agreed. Not that uh, impressive of a list, though. I mean, yeah, really. I mean, it's, yeah. Logan yeah, but that's Thomas. Where we're at. That's where we're at. It's Kyler Murray, Jake Plummer. And then Matt yeah. Lider, way down here. <laughs> yeah, with his ballroom dancing senior year is the only class he took at USC. Uh, Cam Cox at Cam Cox 12 on Twitter, uh, joining us here on Locked on Cardinals. Follow him at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. So two things here. One is um, not football-related directly, but this one is. Um, I've been harsh on Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Um, I've been harsh on Steve Kime. Um, for their so. Yeah, for their for for their offenses and Steve Kime is draft. Just look at the roster. Right. But I'm thinking more from a leadership front office. I wear a suit. You don't perspective kind of thing where I wear a suit to work and you're an employee. I feel like Kyler's leadership, Kyler's growth in the NFL seems to be done on his own, at least from what I've seen from where we are leadership wise. I feel like he's kind of being left out to dry. And I and 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 you, I mean, you're closer day to day than we are. So that's why I'm asking this specifically. Other organizations, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, they blew the roof off what the normal curve was for a young quarterback. But they also went to two of the most stable organizations in the NFL. And sure, they're both exemplary in different ways of their craft. I find it hard to believe that all of this is on Kyler and his ecosystem is warm at the same time around him, helping him grow. I feel like he's trying to do it on his own. Do you agree or disagree with that? I I disagree with that because they've given him everything since he started here. They've literally, they've surrounded him with everything possible to make him to grow. What they haven't surrounded him with is a lot of veteran help uh, to make that happen. You know, up until this past year, we were talking about the Cardinals. They need more veteran leadership. They need more veteran leadership. They were able to get some of that this year. Um, J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson. Heck, at one point during the year, Rodney Hudson was calling out defenses to Kyler Murray back there in the backfield. So that's helped a little bit. But the difference between like a guy like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, those guys, is the situation you put them in, the coaching staff that you put around them. Uh, you know, John Harbaugh, I mean, my goodness, been in the league forever. And then you have a guy like Andy Reid who's been around some of the best quarterbacks of all time, kind of the same thing. Um, but I, I fully believe that they've given Kyler every opportunity to succeed what they've given them on the football field and off the football field. I, I don't think Cliff has really tightened the screws on him per se uh, when it comes to limiting what he can do and what he can't do. If Kyler doesn't want to do something, he don't want to be under center, guess what? 
We're not going to see it. We haven't seen it, right? If Kyler doesn't want the third-string quarterback coming in to run some change of pace offense, guess what? We're not going to see it anymore the rest of the year, right, in Chris Trevor. We saw that once. We never saw it again um, whatsoever. Was that two years ago or something like that? Um, this is just the reality. I feel like they've given him a lot of things um, to succeed, but I think to take the next step, that's on Kyler Murray himself to grow as that leader. But I think Cliff is just as guilty in all of this. This is not just Kyler's fault. It's just starting to come out about Kyler, the person. But where the Cardinals are at right now, it is not just Kyler's fault whatsoever. It's a lot of blame is on Cliff, too, as well. you got to hold your quarterback accountable in certain situations. Uh, let's look at the statements, you know, one through pro football talk from the Cardinals, kind of uh, backing their quarterback going forward, and then Kyler Murray posts his own statement on his social media accounts. Progress, or are we, you know, still where we were a week ago? I think we're still where we're at a week ago. I mean, once again, I, I didn't I thought the statement was well timed because I thought some of the stuff was getting out of hand um, stuff at halftime. I mean, I just felt something needed to be said. Heck, we were at the Super Bowl for an entire week. And besides the game and what the halftime show was going to look like, I, it was right there. Kyler Murray, everybody you saw yeah. was asked, Bo, you were there, too, as well. I mean, everybody you saw had to have an opinion mm -hmm. about what the, what was going on with Kyler Murray and his social media. And so I think something had to be said. I wasn't really impressed with the statement. Um, it just left the door open for more to be asked. There's plenty of direct things to ask Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and Steve Kime moving forward between now and when we get to training camp uh, in August. I mean, this story is not going away uh, by any means. Kyler can keep being who he is, a great player, but there's still a lot of questions to be answered. But I, I was glad at the timing of the statement, but I think it left the door wide open uh, for speculation and what could, this could all look like moving forward. I mean, yeah, and I think that's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of took frustrated. it. You seem frustrated. Well, I mean, the thing is, no, and I'm not. I'm not. I mean, listen, this was this has been um, this has been a, a, a crap box situation by two or two entities that aren't good at doing what they're trying to do. Yeah. You know, and it's and. I feel like all around, right? I mean, just well, well, on one side, I mean, like, I, I'm sorry that, you know, Steve Kime doesn't know how to do his job properly and get out in front of this and get in front of a damn camera. Like I've got, like, I feel like they should, Steve Kime should, do, do you know where Steve Kime is? <laughs> anybody? Does anybody know where Steve Kime is? I think we're about six weeks removed from the Cardinals playing an important or a month removed from the Cardinals playing a game. We haven't heard from him. Because things aren't rainbows and butterflies. In Indy. At but, least but, that's but coming I, up. But I will say this, Alex. That's kind of on par with him being the GM. Like he just he has a certain times when he talks, and that's just who cares. You know, I'm just, Change I'm just it. That's what it is. But not everybody's like a, a Jerry Jones and who's available after every game. Would I love to talk about Michael Bidwell after every game outside the locker room? Yes, uh, but that's just not what we're seeing now. Michael did have a chance. Michael Bidwell did have an opportunity to calm the nerves and defend his quarterback on Monday at the Super Bowl handoff committee press conference. And he did not choose to do that. He did not want to talk. Mm. So take that for what it is. Now, Michael has defended his quarterback in the past, but I thought Monday was a big day for this team. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald defended his former quarterback. Michael Bidwell did not take that for mm. what it is. Sweet. Um, we got <laughs> we, we, we got to wrap here. I don't want to get, in, I don't want to get into the Larry Fitzgerald thing. So I don't want to get another argument, but uh, um Thank you for joining us, Cam Cox, Cam 12 News. Dude, we'll do this throughout the offseason. Uh, maybe we'll get you and Lena on at the same time, Lena Washington. You guys do a great sure. job over there. Um, follow it him was, at Bob Rack. Is this enough kumbaya? Like, are we, are we <laughs> You're lucky out? we're out of time, sir. Out of um, time.
<laughs> no, you know, we'll, 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 maybe we'll do two segments next time. Um, okay, but yeah, no, no, it was definitely like, cause it's nobody knows that's nobody. the true thing is nobody knows what the hell is going on. So yeah. being speculative and kind of taking the little breadcrumbs that they give you, the one thing that, that I'll leave with is like, just because this is what Steve Cobb and Michael Bidwell do and have done forever doesn't make it right by yeah. any stretch. It makes it look like the third most losing his franchise in NFL history that hasn't changed at all because Michael Bidwell doesn't know what the hell he's doing and Steve Kime is enabled by somebody that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. That's what I it looks like. I, and you know what? That, that's You could say that fans think that. I don't think Michael doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Uh, but I will say this, this organization has a lot of questions to answer and fans should be skeptical about what's going on right now because we haven't seen that kind of progress over the last 20 years. It's like it's just this vicious cycle that mm -hmm. kind of rotates with this franchise. We've seen success, and we've seen them go back in the dumpster. We've seen more success, and we've seen more problems. And given that Cliff and everything that's happened these past three years towards the end of the year, it, there's a lot of skepticism moving forward about what this team can do and this roster and the current state of it. There's not a lot of depth when you look at young guys, and that's on Steve Kahn and his drafting. Cliff Kingsbury has committed fireball offenses the past couple of years. <laughs> Other coaches around the league would get fired for, yet he still has a job. And then there's really serious questions about the leadership of the quarterback you've given everything to. That's where we're at, and, and fans should be concerned about this team moving forward. I will say this, it's good for business. There must be <laughs> must talk about the next four or five months. Yeah, hell yeah, it's good for business. You could have said that exact same thing in 2013. You know, that the statement, things guys. haven't changed. Things yeah. haven't changed. The head coach has changed. I mean, sure, they've won more games than they've lost. Yeah. They've made an NFC Championship game they probably shouldn't have made for because it would have made them look better in the history of the NFL if they didn't team. lose to that Carolina. Was a really good team. Yeah, it was. One year. Um, yeah, Alex Lancey, Bo Brock, Cam Cox, Alex, and uh, Bo and I will talk to you tomorrow. I need to get a throat lozenge in. You can yeah. check Cam Cox all over 12 News. Every day, uh, one of the best in the business here in Phoenix. Thanks, Thanks for Jack. joining us, Cam. Uh, Paul Brock, Alex Clancy, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.